Welcome to the HR Chat Podcast, bringing the best of the HR and talent communities to you. Welcome to another episode of the HR Chat Show. I'm your host today, Bill Bannum. And in this episode, we're going to hear from Louis Trayan, founder and learning advisor at Last Minute Training and Logistics. The company helps HR pros, IT departments, and learning and development teams find for their teams. Last Minute Training has over 1,000 publicly scheduled training classes from more than 100 of Canada's top training companies and we'll certainly be investigating that as part of our chat today this podcast is supported by fidelo inc a consulting firm specializing in improving human performance through their products and services fidelo helps clients design develop and implement strategic integrated human resource processes and systems learn more at fidelo.com that's f-i-d-e-l-l-o.com Well, Bill, lastminutetraining.ca is a marketplace that we've been operating for 16 years that allows people to find courses at the last minute and save some money by registering for them at the last minute. We have thousands of courses from hundreds of different training vendors, uh, and we've had well over 15,000 members use our service. Learnjistics, on the other hand, is our corporate learning services division, and uh, within that division, we help corporate learning departments and HR manage uh, their internal and external training. Okay, thank you very much. So uh, my understanding then is that the company has been around for, you mentioned around 16 years, and it helps to manage the logistics of learning. Um, For a layman like me, Louis, what what exactly does that mean? And the logistics of learning is is really what it says. When, When most people think about corporate learning, they almost instinctively think that it originates from HR or from L&D departments. And while that's true, learning can also flow from operations. And if you think about user adoption training when someone's rolling out uh, MS Teams, which would have happened a lot in this uh, last year, um, or a new ERP system. Um, So that training could be coming from the IT department, from the change management or project management team. Uh, Also, if you look at marketing, marketing also triggers a lot of training both for internal clients as well as for external clients and if you think about that um, they do that through user conferences demonstrations product information even product launches are a a form of learning so we call that corporate learning uh, whether it's internally focused or externally focused and that learning can be developed and delivered in a variety of ways you know whether it's through webinars or user conferences or product launches town halls Um, traditional internal corporate training, external public training, e-learning, the list goes on and on. Um, But that learning can be delivered in any of those methodologies uh, or through any of those venues. And regardless of how that happens, there's always a lot of logistics required to produce those events. And so that's where we come in. We take away all that pain and all that frustration that's associated with the logistics of managing those learning events, however they happen. Um, And we provide just a single point of content for a multitude of uh, different tasks, streamline the process, uh, both for management and for procurement. Uh, So that's basically it. Learnjistics stands for the logistics of learning. Maybe you can share a little bit with our listeners about how the pandemic affected your clients and and the ways that you you were able to support them. So I'm guessing, for example, 
all of the learning went online. There, there were no options for in-person learning. But in, in terms of conveying the benefits of online learning versus traditional learning formats, what was that like in terms of um, there's the probably technical challenges, getting people adept with using tools like Zoom and, and whatever else, that, that was a challenge. Tell us about what your your last year or so has looked like. Yeah, COVID certainly has affected uh, not just us, but many, many businesses and a lot in the training business. Um, what immediately happened, interestingly uh, enough, or not unexpectedly, I guess is even a better way of putting it, is when, when the lockdown started happening in March, the first thing that happened was almost every training client that we had put their training on hold immediately. Anything that booked was booked was cancelled. Uh, and no one really knew what they were going to do. I mean, it was a new, brave new world. Um, but after a few weeks, it didn't take that long. Some of our larger clients started looking at, you know, what's it going to take to move our training to a virtual format? Because just because COVID happened didn't mean learning could stop. We still need the development. We still need the skills gaps to be filled. Uh, we still need to progress. So they started looking at what's it going to take. And the good news is virtual training wasn't new. It just wasn't virtually accepted. Uh, it was typically being driven by uh, IT training companies and other training companies who were selling public seats and they needed to you know, reduce their costs and increase their, their overheads and moving online allowed them to go after a larger geographical target and make some more money. So it was there, uh, it was being pitched, it was just being turned down. Um, so the move from a technical aspect wasn't as going to be as difficult as people think. What was difficult, of course, was the leap of faith they had to make that the efficacy was going to be there. Um, but what we found with our clients was once they dipped their toe in and once they had some great experiences, and once they realized that, hey, yeah, this is viable to trans transition from our live courses to virtual, then things started moving quickly. Uh, our job is to support that was really just to make sure they had those good experiences by introducing them to training companies that could effectively, you know, deliver training on a uh, virtual basis. Uh, but once they, once they experienced that, I think it moved pretty quickly and it's become, you know, pretty mainstream right now. Okay. And I'm guessing a lot of the time you, you work directly with uh, HR managers and L and D managers to, to go through what the, what the course mm -hmm. offers, of course, but also the technical side and how to deploy that to as many team members as, as as possible um and so I'm, I'm i'm just wondering what have been the challenges for, for hr people and, and l d pros in terms of getting to grips with offering fully online learning as, as opposed to what they could offer in the past yeah there were quite a few challenges in the beginning um but they, they're not unexpected challenges they're they're the ones you'd think about i mean one day you're working from your office and the next day you're working from home uh it departments had to scramble to come up with you know online solutions for collaborations for meetings uh, and if you think back to the beginning there was a bit of controversy over platform security um, so i think the first thing that almost every client that we dealt with and uh, most corporate learning departments would have faced was really dealing with the technology like how do we find that platform how do we get that platform implemented and how do we become really strong at managing that platform um, you know, when you're looking at online training, it's not just the delivery that day. There's also the registration, the scheduling, and how does that all interact? Um, and then there's also the point that 
a lot of trainers have never delivered training online before. So once the IT departments had the platforms in place and once corporate learning real, you know, really understood how to use that, um, then I think uh, the next thing that the next big challenge was how do we reformat our training and how do we get our trainers used to the new system? I think if you think from a trainer aspect, uh, they were they were looking at a new technology. Most of them had not delivered virtually. When they did deliver virtually, all those typical visual clues that you would see, you know, is someone paying attention? Is, is someone got a puzzled look on their face? Or are they moving, uh, walking around the room looking? None of that existed anymore. And, and also their window for portraying whatever it was they're trying to portray was smaller. Um, so they, they, they couldn't rely on the same old way they were delivering instruction to work. So there was a big challenge there in helping them understand how to deliver. And on top of that, some of them just didn't have the ability to do both deliver and manage technology. So we found that some of our corporate uh, learning development teams were being used as technical producers. So people who had a normal day would end up sitting on a, uh, or normally it's work to do, would end up sitting on a training session just to be there to manage the chat and uh, the breakout rooms for those trainers. So I think that was a pretty big challenge that um, most of them uh, have dealt with by now and will continue to deal with. I, I know for us, the very first virtual service we offered uh, as a service was to uh, do Zoom and WebEx uh, training moderation. So uh, it, it was certainly something they had to deal with. The next big challenge, of course, was in how the training was structured to fit the new medium. So we didn't have to just think about how are we going to restructure training to be delivered virtually in a format where the groups are meeting in a breakout room. I mean, that's all technical enough. But we also had to think about during COVID, especially at the beginning, everything was happening at once. People were working at home. Their kids were staying at home to do school. You couldn't go out and get groceries. You couldn't order groceries. Toilet paper was selling out. There were so many stresses that even if you had a trainer and you had a platform, to have someone sit down for a full day of training um, just wasn't wasn't really possible. So you ha they had to look at how can we restructure this training to not just fit the medium, but fit the fit the the, the model of that the world was working with. And I think that was the last challenge that had to be um, to, to be dealt with. Um, and we've seen, you know, we've seen that through the types of training courses that our clients would ask them to teach their teams. Uh, you know, things like uh, how to deliver online. Uh, we have some, some clients who spent a lot of time on virtual facilitation, deep dive type training, um, training on how to restructure their, 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 their courses to be delivered online. Um, we had a lot of people asking for training on how to use the platforms, MS Teams, Zoom, and WebEx. Uh, and then it really progressed from there into how do we work more efficiently from home? What kind of courses can can we offer our teams for that? Uh, right down to the point of offering um, wellness programs. How do you, uh, we had one that was successful. How do you avoid stress eating while working from home? So I think the the challenges that HR and L&D had to deal with were very broad, um, but I think they've, they've done a good job and it's going to make everyone stronger moving forward, I think. 
Oh, the old Lou Roll problem. I, I, I remember back in April 2020, going to my local store, we had one Lou Roll left in the house and I'm panicking. And, uh, and I, I, I swear to goodness, this, this angel from the back of the store, she just shouted out, does any customer here need Lou Roll? I've got a giant pack that's just come in. And uh, I just walked through the door and I was like, yes, I'll take that, please, madam. I'll give it to me. My goodness me, I need it. I need more than these other people. Uh, it certainly me. wasn't something we expected, was it? <laughs> <laughs> so, um, okay, so it sounds like a lot of a lot of uh, your, your your trainers, the folks that you work with, who, did, who deliver the the, the the programs, who deliver the courses, they've, they've picked up a lot of new skills. Some of them, perhaps, from what you've said, side, but uh, that that piece around being more succinct, having to fit within a in, into a tighter time frame, having to find ways to deliver your content without um, relying on being able to see facial expressions and whatnot from from your crowd. Th those are pretty powerful new skills to have. What, what do you think? What do you think that will mean for for trainers who've gone through this process? um over over the last year or so when when they do come out the other side of the pandemic and virtual training isn't the only option yeah it's going to be an interesting time i mean when we come out the other side of this pandemic uh, whenever that is if that is um it's a really good question and i think it comes down to though the reality is this work from home um forced movement that we've gone through is not going to go away i think Companies have realized now that, hey, this does work. We can trust our people. There, there's going to be a subset of people who want to come back to the office, but there's going to be a subset that doesn't want to come to the office. Businesses are going to look at this and they're going to say, you know, we don't need the same footprint uh, in office space. So I don't think the work from home, um, the work from home movement is going to, to go away forever. So that's going to leave a really big question for training and, and developing training is, do you Develop the training to be delivered remotely with some people attending live? Or are you going to develop it to be delivered live with a remote component for, for people who don't want to come in? Uh, and I'm not sure what that's going to look like. I mean, I wish I had that crystal ball. It would certainly make my, uh, my strategic planning a lot easier. Uh, but we know that they're both going to be there, just in what format. There's a huge cost savings in running virtual training. Uh, not just a cost savings, but just if you have a distributed company already in, in you know, a country like Canada, we're, we're pretty wide. We've got five time zones. Uh, so often training when it's done live will be, will be done in different geographical areas. And often it's very tough to justify running a live session in a geographical area if you don't have enough attendees, if you don't have enough people there in your company to take it. And what we've seen with some of our clients who, who've had that problem historically is all of a sudden they're realizing they can run this training virtually and they don't have to run as many dates for the training because they can pull in an audience from right across the country. So it's saving them time. It's allowing them to, to roll out their learning quicker and, and, and it's saving them money. So I don't think it's going, I don't think it's going away anywhere. I think uh, what we might start seeing are a lot more people investing in smaller training spaces that are connected uh, if they do have multiple locations. Um, or we might start just seeing a shift really to virtual being the delivery method. So it, it's going to be interesting. I, I can't wait to see what happens. It's an exciting time. 
And um, but but at the end of it, for sure, we're all going to be sitting with some new skills and some new concepts and um, workplace learning is going to be a lot different. Well, on that note, actually, um, I'd like to get a sense from you in terms of what types of courses, new courses have been offered and, and are being well received. So how, how do I put this question? Let me see. Um, Louis, what, what's sexy right now? What, what, are, what, what types of content are, are, are generally resonating best with people? But also on, on a more serious note, are there other types of content? For, for example, I'm not sure if you guys offer anything around helping employees tackle mental health issues at the moment. Um, but are, are there are there, are there certain uh, uh, learning outcomes that are absolutely essential within courses? And the conversations that you're having with leaders of HR um, are really stressing and stressing that and driving that home to you. I think right now um, the only really new training that's coming out of this is really specific to the to the reality of working from home. So obviously, I, I've mentioned some of these earlier. Obviously, one of the biggest ones is, you know, how do I use uh, my collaboration software effectively? So there's a lot of, of, of training around, you know, just working collaborative, collaboratively from home from a technical aspect. How do I use MS Teams? How do I use WebEx? How do I use Zoom? Um, there's also um, quite a big movement and I don't know if this will continue once COVID's gone and virtual training uh, continues. But in general, there's a there's a there is a wellness component to this. Um, we do have a lot of people asking for resiliency type training, um, and uh, it's becoming quite request. Uh, we've we've recently been getting requests for, you know, how to work remotely from home but better. Now that we've been doing it for nine, 10 months or, or, or years, whatever it has been for people working from home. Um, you know, how can we do it better? We did what we had to do. So, so now how can we improve upon that? Uh, the other things we've seen is leading virtually. So it's, and I don't mean leading a virtual meeting, like obviously virtual meeting facilitations is a topic of, of discussion, but now I'm managing my team. Now I'm leading my team. They've already they've always been here with me. Uh, we've always been able to go out uh, for a drink once in a while. We've always been able to do little team building activities. But now, how do we how do we as leaders continue to manage manage and motivate and build our teams? So I think the over the next you know few months, what's going to be happening is people are going to be looking at that. How can my managers be better at managing remotely? How can my leaders be better at leading and inspiring remotely? And uh, I think that's really what we've started to see and what we will continue to see. Louis, you're not going to believe this, but we are already coming towards the end of this interview. I've just got three more questions for you. Okay. And as I like to do sometimes, I'm going to mix it up with you and I'm going to challenge you. So for the next one, I'd like you to answer in 60 seconds or less, uh, standing on your head while drinking a glass of water. No, don't worry about the last bit, but in 60 seconds or less. Um, I understand that you also help produce and manage virtual meetings and events. Maybe you can briefly tell us about that. Absolutely. I mean, we've always managed live learning events, um, helping uh, companies roll out learning across uh, North America. Obviously, with COVID, we had to move to the virtual um, side of things. And we built the facility in-house to 
be able to take a virtual event from cradle to grave. Uh, we have our own platform, our own gamification. We have our, our entertainment that we use, um, and we have our process for turning um, what might end up being a really boring series of webinars into some really exciting events that create memories and um, help achieve the the business need that drove the the requirement for the event in the first place. Was that under sixty seconds? It was way under 60 seconds, so let me add to it. Um, <laughs> I started that question when I said, I understand that you do this. Uh, the reality is, listeners, uh, Louis and I have gotten to know each other over the course of the last few weeks because uh, Louis and his team are instrumental in uh, the production and the technology behind an event that um, I, I led with uh, a handsome chap called Bobby Umar and a wonderful lady called Lee Mitchell. Uh, and the, the event was called community building in crisis and Louis and his team have just been awesome at making everything super easy for us so I do have first-hand experience here if, if, if we're going for full disclosure so I can I can attest to Louis's skills okay Louis now again I'm going to test you uh in 60 seconds or less sir I understand that you've I understand I understand that you've just launched a new SaaS product uh, and it streamlines training course procurement um tell us a wee bit about that Absolutely. You know, buying courses uh, from external providers is not a simple process like you would think there you'd think it is, especially with uh, things going virtual now. Everybody and their brother from everywhere is selling training courses online. Um, our system allows for the streamlining of the requ the request for training, the approval by management, and then the processing. Of, of the training. So basically what happens is when someone wants to register for a course, they, they fill in the form asking for the course. It goes to their manager for approval. Then it comes to one of our learning advisors. We do all of the paperwork. We register, we pay for the events. And then at the end of every month, we send a single invoice to our client for all the training that happened in that month. It allows them to avoid issuing purchase orders, doing uh, tuition reimbursements, credit card reimbursements, adding new vendors, and writing a whole bunch of checks. Uh, just finally, for today, Louis, how can our listeners connect with you personally? So whether that's through email, LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook, TikTok, where the heck you are, and also how can they learn more about logistics and lastminutetraining.ca? <laughs> well, I'm definitely not on TikTok, not my demographic at all, <laughs> um, but I can uh, be found as Louis Trahan on LinkedIn. Um, very easy to find. I'm very open. I, I accept uh, all sorts of requests. Um, you can find our phone number at lastminutetraining.ca or at learngistics.ca. Um, both those websites will have a phone number to reach me. Um, and my email is uh, louie, L-O-U-I-S, at lastminutetraining.ca. Um, so feel free. Anyone who wants to reach out to me, I'm always happy to talk. All right. Well, that just leaves me to say for today, Louis, thank you very much for being a guest on this episode of the HR Chat Show. Well, thank you, Bill. I appreciate the opportunity to be here. And I love what you're doing for HR professionals through this podcast. Ah, shocked. He's just saying that, but I appreciate it. Um, <laughs> well, listeners, that just leaves me to say for today, as always, happy working and please do continue to stay safe. Thank you for listening to the HR Chat Podcast, brought to you by the HR Gazette.